Good morning, my friends. Welcome to this episode of Healing Codependency. I am Marshall Birch, and I'm your guide in healing your codependency by stopping the habit of fixing yourself, moving into the reality of loving yourself so you can create a life you enjoy. Today, we're going to be jumping into another essentials training, specifically around the idea of codependence, codependent fantasy, what that is, and what's going on. So again, welcome to this episode. Good morning. It's good to be with you guys today. I'm excited. I'm trying out some new formats with the presentation and things. So a little different order. Before we get started, uh, remember, you can come join us in the Heal Your Codependency community on Facebook to get additional tools, guidance, and support. The link is above on Facebook, below on YouTube. And if you're watching via YouTube, hit that subscribe button. And if you're listening via podcast, come join us at HealYourCodependency.com. And join the community there as well as see and get uh, you can join the upcoming workshop on the 26th enroll in any of the courses that are available things like that so come join us all right let's jump into this codependent fantasy so part of healing codependency requires us to start accessing sanity so in our previous episode we had talked about sanity what it is why we need it and how we create it part of sanity is the identifying, it's the identification of fantasy and then the neutralization of fantasy. So in the codependency healing system, we spend a fair amount of, well, we spend much of the time in that course understanding and identifying fantasy in a number of different areas in our work. Well, first place, first and foremost, is understanding the relationship that fantasy has with survival. So for children, they grow up in systems, or like a family system, a cultural system, where their needs go unmet, where things are unsafe, where things are scary, and they can't be themselves. They create fantasy in order to cope with the daunting, paralyzing, overwhelming reality that they're dealing with. So fantasy helps them discover hope, gives them some sense of control <coughs> and safety, <coughs> Sorry there. Safety, and it gives them direction in how to try to influence their environment and help them survive and cope with what they're dealing with. The problem is, is children's brains don't know how to define discern fantasy from reality. That's part of what we didn't get growing up, especially if we were neglected. We can really struggle to discern those two things especially in relationships and in, uh, regarding love, regarding attachment, regarding conflict and intimacy, how those things function. Because a lot of times for a child, the, the core fantasy is if I can change me, I can get them to love me. It's where this perfectionism comes in. This is where people-pleasing comes in. It's an expression of that biological fawn response towards the threat that we also depend on for survival. So this core fantasy of I, I can fix them or I can change me and then they'll love me is a major motivator um, that follows us into our adult relationships, whether it's friendships or romantic relationships. We're hoping that, hey, if I can get them to heal or get them to, to feel my love or see all my effort, they'll change and they'll love me back. And that's a direct reaction to being unloved as a child, to being unmet and unseen and unvalued. So the power of fantasy needs to be acknowledged in our world 
and acknowledging how we're responding to the experiences we're having in our relationships and with ourself and with reality because it plays a prominent role in our survival. As we heal and we move out of codependency, what happens is we start identifying and then neutralizing these fantasies. So how do we do that? A fantasy has four basic structure, four, four elements to its basic structure in my work. The first element are beliefs, the things we believe are going to happen, with the things that we believe about ourselves and about the others, tip, uh, the other people involved. Typically, beliefs are not actually grounded in reality. They're, they're grounded in hope. They're grounded in perspective or uh, subjectivity. So a belief, a codependent belief is, hey, I'm not complete without a relationship. Love makes me lovable. I don't deserve to be loved. Or love comes with abuse and neglect and harm and fear and things like that. Those are common codependent beliefs. The next component of fantasy is the illusion that we create because of those beliefs. So if I have the belief that a relationship that love includes harm and neglect, then when I encounter a relationship where I feel love for this person and they're doing things that are harmful and neglectful or hurtful, I'm going to be like, yeah, that's part of the game. So I should be able to tolerate this pain. I should be able to tolerate this neglect. I mean, this is what it means to do the work in a relationship, which is another form of fantasy. That's the way that shows up. Another another fantasy that um, or another illusion that shows up in these fantasies is if I have the belief that there isn't enough out there, that there's scarcity of um, opportunity, option, and availability of loving, healthy relationship opportunities, then I'm going to buy into the fantasy of the better than nothing and stay connected with people who don't fulfill me, that don't um, add to my well-being, but often take from it, but it's still better than nothing. I, I'll take that breadcrumb over nothing kind of thing. So that's where that illusion comes from is, or that creates the illusion of like, well, this is better than starving. So I'm going to just stay right here. Now leads into the third component, denial. Denial is where we are actively ignoring the brute facts about our experience, the pain that we are going through, the re repeating negative patterns in the relationship, the outcomes we're living with, the impact we're living with. We're just like, nope, th those are temporary. And then we're, we're, magnifying what I call the positive anomalies. These moments where we get love bombed, where things are really good for a moment, where things are strong and clear for a moment, but then we're minimizing or ignoring all these repeating patterns of harm and uh, neglect and distress and despair we're going through. So that's what denial does, is it protects illusion, it protects the beliefs, and then it creates the fourth component. And that's called the primacy of emotion. So the primacy of emotion dictates that what I feel means, uh, what I feel is the truth. So if I'm having a euphoric experience, that means this is real, it's valid, it's important. Uh, this relationship is healthy, this is the one I'm supposed to be in. The primacy of emotion directs us towards uh, the fantasy and trying to make it real. The irony in the primacy of emotion, and it's typically only oriented towards euphoria love feelings and pleasure feelings it ignores the pain when it does acknowledge the pain it's like well that's my trauma to work out i need to become more tolerant 
of this rather than going, what does this pain tell me about the relationship and how do I need to look at this? See, we're not allowing reality to guide us. We are masking over our pain with this primacy of euphoria, love, enmeshment, that kind of thing. This is why fantasy can be so very, very difficult and very, very powerful. Uh, very difficult to escape, to break through, and very powerful to draw us right back into it because that emotional component is what's driving it. And generally, the primacy of emotion is is uh, primed and fueled by intermittent reinforcement, which means I occasionally get love, but then I get the the harm and the neglect, which causes distress and despair, and then they come back and give me a love bomb, and then we go back through the cycle again, and it's a big emotional seesaw. That gets us chemically hooked on the relationship and on these rushes of adrenaline, cortisol, dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin. So we're going through this big climb and dive experience, and we call that love. Uh, that's not love. That, that's chaos. That's intensity, but it isn't love. Because love is consistent, warm, reliable, safe, calm, centering. So that's the structure of fantasy. So what do we do when we realize we might be coming at things from a fantasy? First thing here is to go very gently and very slowly with ourselves. To be very kind with what we're experiencing, what we're feeling, what is showing up for us. Because encountering reality is going to move us very quickly to the edge of our capacity and our sense of safety and maybe beyond it, which will overwhelm our window of tolerance and that can bring us into panic, that can bring us into collapse. So what I want to do is do this very gently in very small bits at a time, what's called titration, doing, accessing, experiencing things for very specific amounts of time that are very short, like 10 seconds, one minute, that kind of thing. So how I have my students do it is we first start to pause, acknowledge, and observe for very short amount of time, short amounts of time, rather, <laughs> what is actually happening. And the first place I have them focus is the pain. What kind of pain are we experiencing on a repeating regular basis with this relationship? What does that look like? And let that be there. We do that in very short intervals so that we can become more and more safe acknowledging what's going on without getting rid of the fantasy. If we get immediately rid of the fantasy, we're going to cause enormous amounts of distress. That's not going to be constructive. Instead, we're adding to our awareness a little bit, going, well, this does really hurt. This is really scary. This is really empty. And we're going to let that be there for a while. We're going to legitimize it. We're going to practice what's called acknowledge, legitimize, and integrate, where we acknowledge what's going on. We legitimize it, making it real and valid to us, like, yeah, yeah. I can see why I feel empty. I'm not being seen. I'm not being valued on a regular basis. And it's really confusing and it hurts. We practice this a while. And a while could be three months, six months, a year. It really depends on what level of safety the individual has and what their capacity is in that moment. So we go very kindly, very gently with these things. That allows us to start accessing reality, which introduces the concept of sobriety. And we'll be talking about that in a future episode here. But this helps us start to deconstruct fantasy, to start opening up to the idea that maybe what we think is going on isn't aligned with what is actually going on, and then we can begin to assess what's real and start to understand 
how uh, reality is working for us. And we'll talk about that in the next episode. So this is crucial that we go very gently and very slowly as we acknowledge I might have a fantasy here because what I am hoping is happening or working for is happening versus what I can see is going on are very different, often opposite things. Maybe there's something I need to acknowledge there. So this helps us start to access sobriety and move out of that fantasy. This is, again, work we want to go very gently with, very kindly with with ourselves, using a support group, using regulation tools like the daily regulation practice that I have available on my public library. You can just go to healyourcodependency.com, resources, library, boom, you can Google, you can search it in there. It's one of the most popular tools there and along with the positive knowledge observe tools and helping you begin to build capacity to acknowledge reality so we can get you into a place that's safer and safer for you this is fundamentally essential to breaking free of codependency because all codependency is driven by a fantasy usually multiple fantasies and we need to deconstruct them so we can understand them and then build connection with reality in a way that supports your safety, connection, and your sense of value identity, those three necessities we all are dealing with there. So that is today's episode. I invite you to go gently in this exploration, especially if you're early on in your healing, about what's fantasy and what's real. You can come and get additional support with this through the Essential Codependency Healing Trainings or you can um, the codependency healing system can assist you in that because we go deep on it. That the essential codependency healing trainings are open for enrollment twenty four seven. You can come start anytime. It's a little eight week training that helps you get the fundamentals you need to heal. And then the codependency healing system is exclusive to the Heal Your Codependency membership. And we start in August and that big deep dive into freeing you from codependency. So that. That's our work there. So as a little heads up, right now, the Everything Forever program is open for enrollment. That program gets you access to everything I have ever created, am creating, and will create um, in courses, live trainings, workshops, masterclasses, books, and intensives. So this doesn't include any offers that might be conjoined with like one-on-one work, one-on-one sessions, or Voxer work or anything like that it's just the courses you can jump in and get everything i have to offer there for 1500 bucks link is above on facebook below on youtube it closes april 18th so take advantage on that um well i'm allowing i i've opened up 30 seats for it. there's 27 available so come save yourself both time money and get that long-term assistance you need in that because that's what everything forever is for this isn't short-term work this is lifelong work and you can get all the support you need with that program and not have to spend more and more money to get uh, additional trainings you'd like to take or anything like that. This is something I created for students that want to go deep and with my work and really invest in their uh, experience with me. So yeah, come join us there. As well, as we're two weeks from the uh, Eight Factors at Hill Codependency permanently workshop come join us uh, the link is above on facebook below on youtube we start on wednesday at 11 a.m and then we teach it again on 6 p.m uh, wednesday april 26th where you'll get the roadmap for your healing and then you get your opportunity to jump in um, to my next live series of uh, trainings in the essential codependency healing trainings so come and join us there 
Go gently, my friends. Thank you for being here, and I will see you in our next episode where we're going to talk about the fundamentals of, of reality, how we access it, so that you can begin to orient towards reality and allow it to guide you in your safety, well-being, and happiness. Go gently with yourselves, and I'll see you then. Bye-bye.